welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 21st chapter. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the earth. Be alert at all times praying that you have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man, the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Again, it is delightful to see so many and to hear the children this morning on this snowy morning when uh, when it uh, took an extra measure of effort uh, in order to uh, get children dressed and going. Folks from Baker, I think, here for the baptisms. Uh, it, it is uh, uh, a day, though, well worth, well worth having, a good day. Again, I welcome to the Lord's table. We distribute uh, Holy Communion uh, in a continuous line from the floor level. Uh, you will receive the bread from me, uh, and then you can either dip the bread into the chalice of wine that will be held by Mike, I believe. And uh, Bill Hill will hold the principal chalice if you prefer to drink from the chalice. That is available to you as well. And so with that said, I want to say Happy New Year, first of all. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone. And no, you didn't sleep through Christmas. Uh, but today does begin a new year, as I was uh, sharing briefly with the children. A new year for the Christian church. And this year that begins on the first Sunday of Advent, um, 
will be known by the reading uh, of significant portions of the gospel according to Luke. Sometimes we just say Luke uh, in the language of the New Testament, katalukan, according to Luke. The the Advent uh, is the, uh, and the coming Christmas seasons are particularly suited uh, to readings from Luke uh, because uh, uh, some of the most tender uh, verses of Scripture that you know and probably know well are from the life of Christ as recorded by Luke. Okay? This is the first of Luke's two writings. Luke, not himself an eyewitness, but rather Luke says, one who studied things carefully, diligently, and wrote a faithful report to someone we know merely as Theophilus, or from the Greek, lover of God. Now, whether Theophilus was an individual or uh, Luke was writing to the lovers of God, we do not know, but consider this. Were it not for Luke's diligent research and writing, there would be no Christmas story. Had Luke not written the second volume of his works, the book of Acts, the church would have no history of its formative first years. And so, as you can see, the church owes Luke a great deal. Referred to, Luke referred to by Paul in his writings as his beloved physician. And thus, the tradition that Luke was a doctor emerges from history. But I don't want to get ahead of myself here. We've got a whole year to talk about Luke. Let's take a look at this first Sunday in Advent. This first Sunday. Did you notice... I did, that the words this day uh, of Jesus were hardly comforting. Not what perhaps we expected. And that is because the early church wanted Advent, this season upon which we are embarking, to be a penitential season. Okay? Uh, The season before the celebrative season and 12 days of Christmas. But we get things, the cart before the horse sometimes, don't we? Advent was meant to be much as Lent is, the penitential season before Easter, a penitential time before Christmas, the Christ Mass, okay? The Mass for the birth of Christ. Advent was not, uh, until very recently, a time for the buying of many gifts and the decorating of houses. The celebration would come after the fast had been broken, and Christ's birth celebrated. Advent was to be a spiritual time for reflection and contemplation. The modern consumerism with which we're all familiar made it much of what pre-Christmas has become, though. And yet Advent remains for us four Sundays in length, the four Sundays before Christmas, whereas Lent is 40 days. Both, however, are times of preparation. Okay, preparations more to do with the heart and what's here than what's here. And so I'm curious, have you begun your, uh, your preparations uh, in your homes? The children kind of suggested, by a show of hands while we were gathering up here, lots of Christmas trees are already up, ours is about half up. And I see the sanctuary has uh, begun its transformation from the ordinary to the extraordinary, 
in anticipation of Christmas. But these are to direct us not to uh, diminish uh, the season of Advent that we celebrate today. And so begins the Gospel reading for today, right? It begins today, this first Sunday of Advent, where uh, Jesus tempered the enthusiasm and expectation of the disciples quite a bit in this portion of Luke's Gospel. Jesus tempered the disciples' naivete with realism, okay? Suggesting that in order to prepare for anything, one must first be mindful of it. Recall the disciples thought the kingdom of God was going to be a political kingdom, that Jesus was going to overthrow the Romans, that all sorts of things were going to happen that they thought they knew. And Jesus said, no, no, no. It is not what you think. Uh, Follow me. Follow me. And you will see. So this is a time of mindfulness. Mindfulness leads to watchfulness. Our theme for the day, watch. Okay, Watchfulness precludes preoccupation with either the past and getting stuck in it or the mundane present. For watchfulness always anticipates what is to come. Watchfulness combats complacency. You can't be indifferent and be watchful. Watchfulness precludes preoccupation with whatever it is that clutters your mind and destroys your clarity on what's going on. And we live in a culture that openly proclaims that one should live in the moment and avoid all challenges. Just go for it. And in the face of that, Jesus put forward a different idea. For this text that we've heard, this somewhat disturbing text, comes not at the beginning, though it is the first Sunday of the church year, but relatively late in Jesus' ministry. Okay, Jesus is speaking in very, here's the word, apocalyptic terms about the future in Luke's gospel. He said, people will faint from foreboding and fear of what is coming, he said. Jesus knew what was coming. He knew what was coming. Jesus believed that even amidst understandable fear of the moment, believing in him, faith the faithful could yet see the glorious Son of Man. Interesting title, Son of Man. First found in Daniel. And then Jesus picks it up. And I think Jesus saw himself as the Son of Man. We hear the reference to Son of God, but almost always when you hear someone is a Son of God, they're talking about a man. But when you hear Son of Man, always referring to that apocalyptic figure, that mystic figure. The phrase Son of Man is an apt example, though, also, of how biblical translators can kind of gum up the text of the Bible in an effort to... Uh, culturally fix texts in the Bible by, in our generation, removing gender pronouns that are now deemed superfluous. Okay. The very introduction and first use of this uh, phrase, the apocalyptic figure, the Son of Man, two male nouns there, was in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. In recent translations of the Bible, you're likely to find Son of Man recast into the phrase, like a human being. Okay, The Son of Man becomes like a human being. Very gender neutral. But the words, like a human being, were not Daniel's words, and therefore, if not Daniel's words, not the imagery that Jesus was 
drawing upon and referencing when he used the title Son of Man. And if one fails to understand Daniel or misunderstands Daniel's choice of words, how can you expect to understand Jesus when he references this coming apocalyptic figure? In Daniel, we're introduced to the Son of Man in this way. As I watched, I saw one like a Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven compared to more recent translations. As I watched, I saw one like a human being coming with the clouds of heaven. Very different. Jesus was not abstractly referencing a human being, but himself specifically as the end-of-time figure the culmination of history. Jesus was not speaking of something like a human being. Jesus was speaking of himself, the Son of Man. And here I think we benefit by taking just a brief look at the dictionary uh, and help for help in understanding what the word apocalyptic means. You probably know the word. You never use it. And you kind of think you got a notion of what it means. But apocalyptic, uh, we hear it from time to time. How would you define it? Let's look at Webster's. Webster's Dictionary defines apocalyptic as, number one, of relating to or resembling an apocalypse. Okay, an apocalyptic event. Number two, forecasting the ultimate destiny of the world. Number three, foreboding imminent disaster or final doom. Signs of the coming end time. I ask you to pause now and remember that Jesus spoke these words not at the beginning of his ministry, but near its end. Near its end where he could see the cross. Do you know what he did right after these words? He sent his disciples into Jerusalem to find a place where they would eat the Last Supper. What do you think was on his mind? Consider the world of God's people in 33 AD when these events would have taken place. Tiny Israel was in turmoil. Romans paraded through the streets. Politicians strutted in the temple masquerading as people of God. As for himself, Jesus was but days from the cross. The disciples were about to experience a wild confusion we can scarcely conceive of in a catastrophic loss in the form of Jesus' crucifixion. Would these things mark the end of time? The end of the world? Or was what was about to take place, specifically Jesus' death, and as he trusted fully in God, his resurrection, going to usher in a world of new possibilities, a whole new world of possibilities. For the apocalyptic events about to be unleashed in the coming days for the disciples, actually the birth pangs of the church, of Christianity itself. And I find this to be a fascinating possibility. And so it is, in the midst of our holiday preparation, we are all mindful that uh, disasters can happen. Disasters will happen. Think of the Bush family today. Huh? I was over at the VA. Didn't realize that uh, President Bush was a lieutenant commander at age 20 in the Navy during World War II when he was shot down. Think of those people for whom December 7th and Pearl Harbor 
made that Christmas quite different than what they had hoped for. Disaster. And yet Christmas came. Christmas comes. Christmas has been celebrated in the most desperate of circumstances. And we recognize that those circumstances can bring pain and leave scars and pain. If not this year, maybe some past year. But as the holidays approach, painful and disturbing memories of events past have a way of creeping into the moment. And Jesus' words suggest, though, that they need not rule the day. They need not rule the day. The gospel today suggests that even in the midst of the harshest circumstances, if we will hold faith in Jesus Christ as that mystical son of man, not like a human being, if we will hold faith in the one who is the son of man, then we can see over the horizon. We can see beyond the problems, the complexities of the past brought forward to the present moment or those of the present moment themselves and see the possibility of something new, a new world, the kingdom of God that's just over the horizon. That's where we're going. And this possibility, born of hope, becomes our destiny collectively as the church. Not fleeting moments of time governed by fortune or misfortune, but governed by the promise and the pledge of the one we call Lord Jesus Christ. And so, on Advent, welcome to Advent, let us watch for him, let us prepare for him, that we might rejoice with him, and in that final fulfillment of our faith, we too might behold him. He, in all his glory, who was born in Bethlehem, who will come again, and who is Lord of all. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.